it is. Joy has questions. No, I'm kidding. I was thinking, I was like, I kind of want like a sister to sister intro, like on some good retro shit. How would y'all feel about that? <laughs> um, no, all jokes aside, it is your girl. Joy has questions coming to you live on another amazing, amazing Sunday. And for you better know, I am making my you better know for the first time somebody who is still alive. And that is Michelle Robinson Obama. Um, I had the opportunity to go to her becoming kickoff at Chicago and it blew my mind. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Got a little teary eyed, a little emotional. Um, Jasmine came with me. She was all inspired. Like, yes, we can do this. The reason why I'm bringing her up, this is a woman who I think is the only first lady to hold two um, Ivy League degrees. Her husband went to Harvard. She went to Princeton, I believe, and Yale. I'm just like, the kids are have edges and are just racking up everything. And I'm not going to talk about all the first and everything that she's accomplished. What I'm going to talk about in terms of why she is just so phenomenal is because when you look at her, she she isn't like a soft woman. And I don't mean that in the sense of like physical features. I don't mean that in the sense of, oh, angry black woman. She's none of that. But the thing is, when you see her, she is strong. There's a, a inner strength. There's a vocalization of strength that she has. And that's something that I think... For the first time, or I should say rather, in modern times, is fully culminated into what a powerful black woman within this community looks like. She was basically right alongside her husband, and he was the first black president. We all know that in the U.S. But the strength that she had, the goals that she accomplished, the fact that she was able to keep her autonomy through all of that and be vocal about the moments where she felt herself losing it, that is something that I find is incredible. It's something that is passed down generation to generation from black women, from our grandmothers, our aunties, our cousins, our sisters, our mamas, our great-greats, and it is not something to be taken lightly. So no, this week I didn't have a bunch of facts or a bunch of statistics or she was born in 1875, died in 1912. No, what I do have is just someone that I ridiculously admire, um, definitely knows how to play the game in terms of lot, not letting someone get under her skin, but also checking them when need be. Um, and she is just all sorts of goals. Um, that's all I had to say this week, just because I'm like, I'm going into this amazing, amazing interview and I cannot wait to introduce my guests. But even beyond like just looking at the stats, let's look at the quality of her character when it is coming down to black people who are making moves continuously within this country, within society and within this world. And now moving right along, it is time to introduce my guest. (laughs) 
Hello, everybody. It's your girl once more. Joy has questions coming to you live from the city of wind. Um, I officially am wrapped up in all the thermal underwear. Literally, y'all, Saturday, it was raining and snowing at the same damn time. I'm like, what the hell <laughs> is this mess? Um, but moving right past that, I don't know why Chicagoans, we get surprised anyway. We knew what the hell the weather right. was going to be. Um <laughs> I have an amazing guest with me today. This young lady is over here uh, sipping and stirring and shaking and doing all these amazing things. I would personally say, I I always, and you can explain this even later on, because I want to make sure I give you a bomb-ass intro, but it's just like... (laughs) It's it's beyond like to me the liquor industry. I think I mean it still is you know kind of adjacent to the food industry where it's just like yes rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain. But it's like I want to see more black women in this space. So yes. we are going to give a huge huge hand clap to my guest Alexis Brown. Hi, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but no, I am super excited to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I told this you this week. is my first podcast. I've never done a podcast. You before. know what's great about this? I now have like I have multiple people where it's like I have been their first podcast. So now you know, girl, how to come through. Hey, your question, you can come as you are. It's not like you got to come with a beat face. No, do, now I could do this better. But now I hate to hear how p- other people hear me. <laughs> How I sound. They're like, going to get used to it because you're going places. This hey, voice going to be around. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so starting off with so, according to IG, um, it definitely came as a ridiculous shock. Um, something that just beyond, like, hip-hop culture, this was a woman who was very active in media world, the arts, fashion industry. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people did know her as the mother of Sean Puff Daddy Diddy Combs, three out of his five kids, but she was beyond that, like just in terms of what Kim Porter brought to past hip-hop culture, but just to, you know, the art um, in itself. So dying at 47. Yeah. Um, I think it also ties back, you know, I had heard various reports. Now things are slowly starting to come out. She had gone on a trip to Africa. She Mm -hmm. had, you know, been in contact, you know, oh, well, we just think it's flu-like symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know. It's been addressed more so that continuing narrative of black women not being believed in medical settings or situations or having to fight, you know, for their doctors to do, like, just normal testing, Um and who knows, not to impugn anything on the doctor. I don't think this is, you know, a Michael Jackson. So I would pray to God that this right. isn't where the person that you entrust your health to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. You, you know, you it's really just, and I trust know. nothing. So, yeah. And it's, it's not that I'm a conspiracy theorist. It's just like when you have that amount of money and access and still have to deal with, you know, people treating you as if, like, you won't be able to pay the doctor bill. Like, what? what is yeah. then the issue? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, this, she could have gotten anything done just for kicks. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so. Hey, give me x-rays, give me your MRI, let me check everything. And if you guys are saying that you don't really know. Or you're like, oh, no, Then that sounds like a full body scan to me. That means that, okay, sis, well, I'm going to be here till you figure it out. Yeah. Um, And just... You know, pneum- randomly, like I know people. You know, we oh pneumonia, pneumonia. She was in L.A., right? She was in L.A. Right. Yes, um, pneumonia is one of those diseases where it can sneak up on you. It can also be masked to something else, and there's a very short window before you go septic or before you now are in a critical mm-hmm. situation because it completely attacks your re- it attacks all your systems. Mm-hmm. But she dropped dead. 
you know yeah. um were you ever, like a fan of hers at all or did you kind of um, follow her well i did follow her like on instagram mm-hmm. and it was just based off of you know i liked her style i think that she was a great representation of um you know like a hard working yes. like family oriented woman um and I, <clears throat> and i just you know appreciated seeing that um but you know, I know that she's been working in the industry. She's been active in in the industry for years, even before Diddy and everything. Mm-hmm. And just knowing, like, someone who is able to stay relevant and active throughout the times, like, you know, I mean, she has a lot of great insight, I felt. So that's why I followed her. But I didn't know much about her, you know. Um, that was one of the things I liked about her. Yeah, it was like she was low key, but like everybody, you know, respected her and knew her, and then that makes you feel more comfortable with her. That everybody is vouching to say, like, no, this is a legit person. She's a genuine person, and that was kind of like across the board the vibe that I got mm-hmm. from her. And I just try to follow those types of things or keep looking at those types of images because it helps affect you know the image that I have on myself too and what you want to pr- it, yeah, it gives what you wanna, almost like yeah. a template of like this is a good representation for what mm-hmm. I want my brand or what I want myself to look yeah, like to other sure. people and it's not copying it's just like that's a positive yeah. message I think what I even really loved about her two things and this is because like ooh, gossip I remember mm-hmm. but um when she was pregnant with the twins you know, and then it was, you know, that scandal because everyone thought like she was and, and Diddy was going to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, they had she had been with him for so long. Um, and then, like, I guess something happened where there was infidelity on her part and she moved clear across the country. And what I always loved about that situation was she didn't prove him from having access to his children she just separated herself Herself from from a or from a moment I should say in in their history that wasn't going to better her and that honestly was what I always loved about her because that's strength you know and that's also realizing I am not here because of you know financial um freedom that I have with you or the recognition or the notoriety or because I'm with you I can have the endless you know, account at Berghoff or Birdoff's like I'm here mm-hmm. because I want mutual respect and love. Yeah. And if I'm not getting Get that, that, then you will see your kids on Sunset Boulevard <laughs> and you will be eating cheesecake at Junior's alone. <laughs> and and that to me, like, yes, that was a rough patch for them. But I loved that because I feel like so many times, especially within hip hop culture or just like within like black, the black community mm-hmm. sometimes, we attach strength to staying yeah or for black women we attach strength to staying in something that is not healthy or not serving us or not serving us Mm -hmm. you know or and i loved the fact of how and once she set a boundary and a standard and for someone who has all that money and access you think he was happy with her telling him no? Yeah. Like, but he probably respected her so he much more. he respected her. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think that that's, you know, that takes a lot. Like you said, it's self-respect. It starts there first mm-hmm. and then other people recognize it and they have to respect how you respect yourself. And if, like you said, if you're not, if you choose, because you have a choice, to say, stay in something that isn't serving you, then you deserve whatever comes with that until you start respecting yourself. And like, that's mm-hmm. the thing that we feel, you know, like as black women, like we're getting, 
better with that now. Yes. We're getting way better with respecting ourselves and knowing our worth and what our value is alone without any attachments from anyone else. Or, or the just, validation. Or the validation mm-hmm. or the affirmation is really like a self thing and understanding. Like we're getting into our beauty and getting into our our energy. And you got to hone that and understand that first for you to even be able to have that foundation to make that stand or even, you know, have that strength to to you know, and use your voice to be like, hey, I'm not tolerating this. This is a non-negotiable. With it's the y'all hand, not on my watch. <laughs> like you, you know have what? to. Okay, <laughs> and and even with that, you know, on the flip side, even in our community at times, we we see so many instances of like sadly black women or women being scorned. So mm-hmm. it's like you can't use your child also on the other side of that as a as a pawn. However he was to you as a mate or whatever those ups and downs are, you still have to separate that mm-hmm. to have that relation to allow that man. Yeah. Or even if the offending party is a woman, but whoever that person is to allow that person to have the bond with their child. Mm-hmm. Like and I always when you saw he got his little star on the walk of Hollywood, and mm-hmm. it was him and all 30 of his kids and his mama mm-hmm. and Ray Ray and them came. And it was just like a true black family moment. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You can support someone and still respect someone and still tell them I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. I don't think we know how to have healthy relationships. So I oh, think we're still, no. you know what we haven't had? We haven't had good examples of that. Mm-hmm. I'll say, I mean, I'm going to speak from my personal experience. But, you know, if you're not surrounded around good examples of how to have a relationship period just not even an intimate relationship but just good relationships and how to communicate and how to understand what you're feeling like those are things that we're still working on I feel like as people I know for me for a fact I love though I feel not even to cut you off I'm sorry but Mm -hmm. how we have that accountability you know like I've I've been multiple on this show saying thank my therapist I made it another year yeah. without the metal bracelets. Cause yeah, Lord yeah, knows, yeah. like, hey, you try me one more time, I'm gonna be a do squad on fifty first. Like, just Sound make sure my sales yeah. like a rose gold palette. <laughs> you look know, look. just put some money on my books. You know, so so I know me, I know me. <laughs> right, like I just need like one yearly candle, a journal, so I can think about what I did. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and that's the thing. So. To have that accountability is what I loved about her. And just mm-hmm. the fact that she looked like a damn good mother, yeah. you know, who yeah. loved all her kids. Now, mm-hmm. on the flip side, I found it interesting mm-hmm. because Cassie had been with him for 10 years. Um, she started on the record label. Then I looked up and she was on the red carpet with half her head shaved. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is, you know, since then the edges have come back in and we, yep. she was with him. Mm-hmm. She recently, though, broke up with him after 10 years of dating. And I remember all the blog sites was just like. She gave her best years to Diddy. First off, she's, what is she, like, 32? Like, yeah. the girl looked like a Polynesian Barbie. She hasn't. <laughs> she's the, Filipino, too. Right? I'm like, yeah. her best years? I'm like, yeah, she's no. 12. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, like, yeah. What? I and, feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, like, date and explore. And she was able to do a lot of that. I mean, and she's, you know, I feel like she didn't, um, I don't know, she's like, did this thing. I feel like, you know, we never know what somebody's really going through, you know, or the inside, or the, the inside situation. of the situation, you know. But from just looking out, looking at the standpoint, like, 
you know, I mean, she still she ain't gonna be hurting either. Just put it. This she way. built her. She was able to build herself and through that time. Even if she was a dummy, she was doing it with. Like, I have been done with niggas mm-hmm. that went to SIUC. Okay, <laughs> like I've been done with right. you and my niggas. Like she was done <laughs> with Diddy. With Diddy. Okay, right. a man who didn't been on the Forbes list since nineteen ninety nine. Like I'm, it's so much that she probably learned in that time that she was with him. You don't get around yeah. that type of influence and mm-hmm. that type of of power and not pick yeah. up something. Yeah. Now, on the converse mm-hmm. of that, you know, it does go to to be questioned like because i think it was literally today diddy finally had a Come public this, came, yeah. had a public mm-hmm. statement and you know just laid his soul in the sense of what kim porter meant to him yeah um i know personally if if i was and i've been in that situation where it's like i separate myself because that's what i have to do mm-hmm. you know for my self-esteem self-worth all that and then something really tragic did happen to the person that i was dating now that does not mean I'm be like, well, whatever, and go get a feeling. I definitely would mm-hmm. express my sympathy. I definitely would be like, I am so sorry, and I'm here for you. But it seems like she, it almost like she instantly is kind of reintegrated back into the situation. What would be your stance, like from yeah. your, because we from, can only speak mm-hmm. from ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know what, though? And I believe, and this is just me, like, looking from my perspective on the ins- from, from the outside in. Um, Diddy and Cassie had a very good relationship as well, just as like Kim Porter. And you see the, you know, like a trend and how they keep up relationships. Like mm-hmm. I look at like the track record, right? If you were able to be somebody, even just be somebody's friend for 10 years, where even you guys go through ups and downs, ins and outs, whatever the case is, but you understand like, you know what? Yeah, we can't be together in that like monogamous or we can't be together and I keep fulfilling my life like mm-hmm. this, but I still care about you the same way. Um, like even like just him professing his love to Kim Porter, like when he on his birthday party, like they were all there, you know, like even after he's gone through whatever he's gone through with her, even after he's what he's gone through with Cassie and everything. So I think that, you know, just from the standpoint of, yes, I'm going to be there for the person that. I know both of these people very intimately and I know how much this hurt is probably hurting him. So as a friend, as a confidant that has been there X amount of years and been through all of this with you, I got to kind of step up. Mm-hmm. I'd be phony or fake to not do it. Cause that, that would mean I'm throwing everything that we've built away because I'm not with you anymore. Right. You know, this is just like us looking from the outside and they may not be the back together mm-hmm. or they might not be working on a relationship, but he need her right now. Right. And I I think there's definitely nothing wrong with if that's something that you mentally can do and you can yeah. separate the two. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I find a lot of times like some or maybe sometimes it seems like women can separate the two. But if you can really make that distinction, then yes, yeah. you should be there to support him and to, you know, to help him through this. I mean. <clears throat> 10 years why, they broke not, up because uh he was talking to some some like instagram girl right I, and that's the thing i maybe there was some overlap uh-huh. i'll put it to you this way i've seen 
Niggas in the low end that's sharing 40 <laughs> ounces find a way to be cheating on somebody. So I can only hey. imagine when you have money and access and literally can be halfway around the world mm-hmm. in the most exclusive of... Yeah, they probably been broke up a year or two ago and we just not really finding this out the whole... This ain't even the first one. Yeah, like, this, yeah. This, this thing been a, a, oh, yeah, a loopy well, loop. Girl, you know if you had talked to me about monogamy and relationships, I have like different standpoints. Really? Yeah, like... What's you your know? sign? Okay, I'm a Leo. My daddy was a Leo. So, okay, I, I love Leo men. And I honestly, I've never had problems with a Leo woman. Yeah. Or with Leo uh-huh, women. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Okay, so I watched this documentary on... I know we're getting way off. But. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So I watched this documentary on Netflix, and it's called uh, Monogamy. It's like um, mm-hmm. ex- Explained. Okay. Okay, so it's this series, and essentially they to go through different topics. So each week. And one of the topics was monogamy. So they explore like how, you know, monogamy uh, isn't natural for humans. Um, in, and they see it in the patterns with our closely related chimpanzee cousins and mm-hmm. uh, bonobos uh, yeah. and all of that. And it's just saying like, you know, when it comes to like sex and relationships, you know, we have those trends and to say that, you know, like we are very ambiguous and we're not made to be monogamous based off of our our nature. And they were saying how, you know, monogamy was created because of marriage and, you know, marriage was created to, uh, for territory and for property and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, the joining of families. And businesses. Yeah, business, essentially. Yeah, you know, it's all business. Um, but that was just a, a, a force, you know, like a little, like, okay, hey, so since we're doing this, you can't be going on the outside of the, of the right. family because if you go on the outside of the family, we don't keep this knit and it doesn't really mean anything anymore. And, like, I think that it's, devo- you know, developed and evolved. But when it comes to relationships and, like, how, like, we share energy with one another, you know, I'm very kind of, like, open to that. Like, I kind of, like, just think that energy should flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you limit certain things, you limit your, like, life experience a little bit. <clears throat> so, I mean, to each his own and however p- people view marriage, but I think that it should just be, like fluid, like you should just go with what you feel and how you feel, but understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into and be able to communicate your feelings or whatever the case is. That's just in relationships in general, you know? Um, But when it comes to, but I take that into even intimate relationships. Like, hey, um, go ahead and, I mean, be fluid, but like you have to be respectful. You have to be like like, communicate what's going on. But I think that like while we're here, we're supposed to experience Different. Uh, different. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, okay, so completely, and I've had mm-hmm. multiple friends say that, so it's not like, oh, what you said is uh-huh. foreign to me, or I'm just like, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm always open to hear. I think, I think uh, whatever floats your boat mm-hmm. is cool, because I'm also the type of person, I don't care what you are down for or what is okay in your personal realm as long as you like you said communicate that Mm -hmm. like and I know I probably bring up this you know Hotep Harry every other week because he annoys me but T.I. I think is an ex that whole situation is a a shit show at times because of the lack of communication and they're Mm -hmm. just a very public example that I continue to like you know use Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. as like that that marker that would be completely different if you were sticking to whatever those those bylaws or the the code of conduct or the mm-hmm. conversation that you have with your mate. 
Right. I don't care if it's sexuality based. I don't care if it's, you know, religious, but whatever, you know, even when it comes to polygamy mm-hmm. or mono- versus monogamy, whatever. If you are down for that with your mate, mm-hmm. just talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. Because I find like that is always the the root of everything and now we really get up it <laughs> for me like even when yeah. i think about when i'm dating someone like i'll be honest i used to just be like but ooh, he look nice and he know how to pair his like tims <laughs> with his fitted like you know then when skinny jeans became a thing i'm like okay it ain't too tight where they look like jeggings but he, you know, he got like the the fuck boy uniform, like that big Farmer John hat, yeah. them cognac booties, uh-huh. and you know the, the New York and Company trench. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then you get grown and realize, what the hell? Like, I want something more. Yeah. So for me, when it comes down to what matters in a relationship, whether I was thinking like if it's exclusive dating or whatever. If a man tells me he's bad at communicating, that's the biggest red flag I can have, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. nowadays, because what or I should say where I'm at in my life, because mm-hmm. if you're telling me that you are bad at communicating, number one, logic and the our actual words or the depth of our language is what separates us from every other species. Every species yeah. has a language. Yeah. But the thing is, the intent behind ours is just so much more evolved and advanced, right? So, yeah. number one, you can communicate. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of, I feel when someone says that to me, that is their way of saying, this is what I'm willing to to let you in on. Yeah. So, I'm not necessarily making changes Yeah. in terms of how I'm communicating. So, you can find that out right now or you can find that out later with how I treat you. Yeah. I prefer to believe a nigga when he tell me that. Oh, honey, you better. So, <laughs> so, I'm like, so if you tell me. And then also when I'm looking at this, I am not looking to get married today, tomorrow, mm-hmm. hell, in a year. Right. But what I am looking for is the qualities. And I have someone that is just cute but of a husband. And the thing is, if you, the way I was raised, if I'm submitting to, I'm not submitting to a fool. Mm-hmm. I am not submitting to, you know, someone that cannot communicate because you are the basis for our entire household. Yeah. If you are the provider, mm-hmm. if you are the head of our household, where are you leading us? Yeah. Because if you can't explain that shit, you've just destroyed yeah. the whole basis for like how our relationship's going to go, how our marriage is going to run, what we present to our potential children. Everything going to be a no, shit yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, they, everything falls with lack of communication. Right. No matter what type of relationship it is. Like, she thinks she in a relationship. This nigga think he's single. Exactly. <laughs> so he and, we ain't, and we haven't even expressed to each other what it is. We just taking it day by day, just right. being together. I mean, we just together. I mean, she cool and everything. She yeah. cool. Nigga, no, she I like, like her. I like her. Okay, what you like about her? I mean. That I like her. <laughs> I literally like about had no a depth. friend. I cannot make this up. She was explaining to me issues. You know, how we all have those guy friends. Mm-hmm. That because we are true friends, they tell us about all the dumb shit they do yeah. in their dating life. And one of the reasons, I'll just put it this way, not to <laughs> reveal too much. But one of the reasons why her guy friend expressed to her that he chose to date, to be in a relationship with this woman Mm -hmm. was because she was convenient and fit into his like already schedule. Mm. And that's why he didn't want to be with her because she wasn't. No, that's oh. why he was like he was just explaining to like the friends or oh like, that he yeah, wanted you, to because they were just like where is this 
she'll come around. He's like, yeah, well, you know, she's convenient. She she matches my schedule. Yeah. And I'm just like, sir, that's a mattress. Like, right. That's do I want to take the 445? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't want to be no depth though. Right. So when it's not convenient, then you out of there. Because I mean, that's the thing. Like. I, and I look at that like, but those are okay. Like that, you could be for the moment, but you can't expect mm-hmm. anything else out of that. And you know, I mean, not that, not to say that we should be, but like, yeah, no, like that goes back like your critical thinking, you know, because like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is ooh, we've been we've been real consistent. We've been real. This, you know, like I'm just saying from her perspective, like you gotta understand what you getting yourself into too. Like if right. if this is convenient for him and you're being consistent with that, how long can you keep being consistent with this where it doesn't start tolling you or attack, putting a tax on you? And I, then at that point, it's like, okay, well, boom, deuces. It was fun while I lasted. I'm just saying no from, the, from the woman's standpoint, right. like, you know, I think that back to us having self-respect and going back mm-hmm. into understanding what the situation is like, nothing's like you said, we've all been there. We've all played that role before. But, like, it's, like, how long do you continue to allow that? I gave it a good year of hoeing. And then yeah, I came yeah. back to my comments. <laughs> Girl, you can do like, it as long as you, as long as you ain't committed yeah. or in a sick <laughs> And even when it comes to that, I'm just, like, I'm grown. Like, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Like, anything, as long as it's done within the realms of self-respect and yes, communication. within the realms of self-respect and communication. Okay. And, no, and, no it's, I believe that. It's where we, and, right. So it's like, I know that's completely everywhere. Like, how the hell does that tie back into Kim It ties in a lot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because that is something that she represented um, or a big aspect. She was more than just, oh, she's this rich man's baby mama. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that she had her own career. Like, she didn't stop working when she got with him. No. Nope. She was an assistant at Uptown Records. Like, he met her on a job. Like, I, I just loved the basis for yeah. everything. Yeah. Just in the sense of, like, she was a model. She, and for me, she was, like, the first chocolate girl I really remembered seeing, mm-hmm. like, all in the, you all know. in the videos. In the videos <laughs> and magazines and stuff. Like, her Met Gala look is still one of the baddest. I'm like, yeah. oh, she did that. And her biceps were bombs, you know. But just an overall super sad situation. But if someone, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't press God about his time. Yeah, and God say, I can't dwell on that. Yeah. You know, we don't understand it, and that's the thing, because we are not of that realm. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is this. If there is anyone that within that short span of time did so much, you know, and had an impact of, on so many people's lives, and even for her young daughters, which are only 11, and that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But I think her legacy truly is, like, what she represented as a mother and as a strong black woman. Absolutely. And the fact that, like, you don't have to be in pain to prove your worth or to be strong. Yeah. Your strength can be found in saying enough is enough and I'm out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I super, super yeah. loved about her. Rest in peace. And yeah, just- rest in peace. And I'm glad we get to celebrate her. Right. Celebrate her, you know? And like, yeah, and, and take all of like her life as a, you know, as, as like you said, a, a template. Yeah. And, and or or just an example of what that looks like. And then even the lesser part, don't let these doctors play you. Oh yeah, that okay. is. And like, hey, if you know, hey, you know your body. If exactly. you know something ain't right, 
Get you a need second. to you speak need to... up. And if that doctor's not listening, kick their ass to the curb. Get and go to another one. And be like, one. well, okay, you don't need my yeah. deductible then. Yeah. I'm, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 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 look who decided to finally bring herself to Chicago. Summer is here, guys. Mother Nature finally decided to let all of us see sunlight, and I am here for it. So best believe I'm going to be at somebody's kickback all June, July, August, and possibly a little bit of September. You know that first month I'll always be popping with some Cavassier VSOP, the only drink that is worth drinking for summertime to get it in. I hope you're doing the same, and let's get it back with Joy Has Questions. That's no joke. So um, moving right along, yeah. they part of the show. <laughs> so I have a question. What's your question, Joy? Girl, I have multiple, actually. <laughs> uh, number one. I have, you know, whenever I see you, you've always been like like this cute little fireball, super <laughs> friendly, super dope energy, uh, which I definitely always, like, I feed off that. I don't like being around, like, a bunch of stuffy, entitled, annoying-ass people. Yeah, so, like, yeah. who? I don't have time for that to be like, wait, does your bag match mine? <laughs> like, girl. Not that. Not that. Not that. <laughs> exactly. Um, I have got to know, like, how did you get involved in this? Because I looked up one day and I'm like, Alexis in Africa to go ahead and went to fucking <laughs> Paris. Like, girl, don't be out here missing, you know, his own work. Stuff. I'm like, what with Paris? I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, like, yeah. So how did this like even come to be? Like, were you all, did you have a relative that put you on into the industry? Or you just looked up one day and was like, these cocktails are whack. I'm tired of mixing cranberry juice with everything. <laughs> And I'm going to take this into my own hands. Oh, wait. It was, a, it did happen like an overnight thing. The the revelation happened overnight. Okay. But I've always bartended. I bartended probably before I should have been bartending. <laughs> I'm the oldest. Oh, where uh, are you at Dragonfly? <laughs> no, girl, I'm talking about at my mama's party. Oh. <laughs> and they talking about, they in the basement talking about, could you go get me a, cra- a Grey Goose and Cranberry from the upstairs kitchen? Right. Like, and I was the oldest, so I was like the errand girl, like essentially. And it just kind of like stemmed from there. I, I I enjoyed you know entertaining and being kind of like like what can I do to make this better? Right. How you feeling? Would you like another? I'm not doing anything. I can get you one. Right. <laughs> so it was already always like kind of instilled in me this kind of like sense of joy that giving mm-hmm. other people joy. Um, and, and like when I turned like 20, I went to like the bartending school like everybody else. <clears throat> was playing with color water. Trying to figure out how to get my little basset so I can get into a bar as soon as I turn 21. Like, I don't want to wait. Go straight in. I got my bartender's license. What can you get me? Where can I, when can I start? And you realize, like, the big chains, you know, they are not giving out jobs like that. Because they know, you know, how lucrative it is. So they want you to have experience. They're not going to let you come in without any experience. So that was the the riddle for a long time. You couldn't time. put your mama spade parties. As I couldn't a put that on there. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> they weren't taking that into consideration. So uh, the first place that like actually kind of like gave me a break was the Vibe. It used mm-hmm. to be the Crowbar. They let me work in the coat room. Whoa! So that's where I started in the coat room. And started from the bottom. Go, now you're here. Okay. I was like begging. I'm like, I got. I kept telling the manager, I got my license. I got my license. Can I get on the bar? We ain't gonna put me on the bar. Like, hey, one day, one day, just continue to be great at what you're doing. Right. <laughs> like, and then uh, eventually, like, I went from there to like beer tub girl. And I, my mama taught, showed me how to um, start doing the promotions at like Jewels, and I started doing all of those. Mm-hmm. And when I would be at the Jewels, um, I would take. I was tasting everything. 
And I was like, ooh, I like this. Or like, what's this? Or like trying well, to find things. Like, protest. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like, you know what? Let me take some of this and mix some of this with this and like really try to upsell this to like what tastes good. Like, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you know what? This don't taste good. But if it had this, it would. So like it just started from really just like being in the industry and like liking the fast pace, liking the liveliness of it and the, you know, like the energy and vibrancy of the night mm-hmm. kind of. It started from there. Purely, yeah. Yeah. Because me and my Pisces, I need water in the morning. Like, <laughs> I am shutting down by a smooth night. <laughs> like- oh, yeah. No. Yep. I like the, I love the night. It's like I thrived at night. Um, And you see people differently mm, in the true. evening. So it was interesting to see these characters and these players in the nightlife. That mm-hmm. you'd be like, okay, you know, you can get enthralled with that. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. But I like being on a different side of it. So bartending and being kind of in the, in service in those uh, realms was like for me. And when I turned, I was turning 25. So like, yeah, fast forward from all of my little start. And I finally got my break and was moving around the city and bartending here and there really like more majority of like on the South side. So like at showtimes on 127th and working at the apartment lounge on 75th street. Right. And, uh, you know, just working in all these places. And then, like, my first time, like, making, like, drinks, drinks, like, cocktails. And, like, got tested on, like, how does this taste and what did you put in it was when I was working at Park 52. Right. And that was my first kind of, like, restaurant gig. Um, And they, like, opened me up to a whole new world, too. Just because I was like, ooh, classic cocktails, fancy, nice glassware. Like, I wasn't using glassware at the 75th Street. No. Yeah, you they know, had that hard nice plastic. plastic tumbler. <laughs> yeah, like. plastic tumbler. You might get a fancy dr- uh, uh, glass if you brought it in. But other than that, <laughs> that was it. it was a, a yawn. <laughs> Um, and that's when I was like, you know what? I really enjoy, like, this side of it because, you know, it's a different kind of pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was more flexible with me, with my hours and things. So I was still in school and I was, um, uh, trying to figure out if I was going to start a business. So it was like flexible. Right. Um, watch this documentary when I was turning 25, like I got to get my life together. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I had had job, like I was trying to get a job in marketing, but you had to have a degree. I did finish school. So I was just like, eh, I'll keep doing this. Well, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And it was all, everything pointed back to the bar. Everything pointed back to the restaurant. And so uh, I watched the documentary. It's called Hey Bartender. And I saw all these people, like, competing in competitions and, you know. Getting their name out there. Getting their name out there. And, like, people were writing about these people in, like, articles in the newspaper. They were, like, talking about, like, how, like, innovative these cocktails were. Um, people were doing, people were traveling all over the world, tasting things like straight, tasting stuff straight out the ground, right off the vine. And I was so intrigued. I was right. like, you know what? Like, this I want more than mixing my, this is more than, like, right. Like, exactly. Okay. This is more than throwing a little mint and sugar in a glass. Right. You know, I really want to get to the nitty gritty of it. And something that always kind of, um, like enthralled me too was like the history of spirits. So I just started taking it seriously. I, I really started investing in like my education within the industry mm-hmm. from all realms, grabbing different cocktail books, grabbing botany books and learning like what is what is this fruit and what family is it in? Uh, what is this related to and what does it taste like? Why is it different? And, 
you know, all of those things and like really like getting into like restaurant stuff and culinary part of it where I'm breaking things down into the smallest components from like, how do I change this from solid to liquid? Right. I started getting real nerdy with it. And I, and but you need that because that's the very thing that like these higher institutions are looking for. Yeah. Like I think, and not even, a, but I think part of it is even when you hear at times bartender in our generation, the first thing you think of is like starlets or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Bernie's Burgess or, yeah. um, the girl that Cardi B got into a fight with. Like, you Uh think of, like, the uh girls in, like, the cute little neon jumpsuits, and you're not realizing, like, no, there's a whole nother side of this where it's just, like, upscale, high-end, you know, the best restaurants, the bartenders that are found there, the sommelier team. Like, everybody, it's a completely different realm. It's a completely different world, and, like, that, I think that that's what excited me most about it because I was falling into, like, dead ends. Like, that wasn't fulfilling enough. For me, like just being the cute girl at the bar, mm-hmm. like it, I was kind of over that, and um, I wanted to kind of invest in like one the years and all the experience that I've grasped over these years of being in that realm because you learn a lot. But <clears throat> I just felt like I wanted to fulfill myself a little bit more, and that was something that I really was interested in, like understanding the history about it. Right. And just where does this come from? Like, really, like, you know how you got the um, Wikipedia, it's like origin, history, resources, all of that. It was like I wanted to cross all of those points with anything that I touched behind the bar or pull in or pull it into a cocktail from the bar. So that's I, you getting your 10,000 hours in. Yeah. And, and even when it comes down to, just highlighting on what you're saying in terms of like how you got started or how you were taking it more seriously or or looking at realizing like, Hey, I keep coming back to this. Let's, let's dissect this a little bit more or explore it. I should say Mm -hmm. it was based and you had to put in the effort for it. Yeah. And that's, I think a really big piece. Um, people, you know, will have that epiphany or finally get to the point of like, Hey, they want to do it. And then they kind of will jump over, the investment part and yeah. instantly want everything to is to so the- microwavable now with like Instagram and you know I've tried to like you know show the process and show like the little things like right. you know I have never traveled as much as I've traveled in the last two years and it's strictly been off of bartending like all of the things that I've done bartending and where and looking at where it's taking me it's insane like it really is and like that's why I always try to tell people like you can create your own lane when you find out what it is that you that really fulfills you and really makes you you feel purposeful and like understanding history and understanding like hey some people don't even have any idea about this industry I need to tell other people because I can't be the only like woman of color Right. Doing these things. Like even <clears throat> like even like that's really how causing a stir even happened. Wait, 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 second question. Yeah. <laughs> so how did causing a stir and you were yeah. getting right into it, but how did causing a stir come about? Which I love how you can take that <laughs> in two ways, because it could be like, no, we shaking shit up. Yeah. Um, which I look at it from an industry perspective, because clearly it ain't, you know, mm-hmm, a bunch of melanin mm-hmm. in it anyway. And then also it directly is related back to your brand and what you're doing, Bartender. Yeah. I'm like, I see you. Yeah, you see me. I see you up there. I see that double yeah, entendre. Yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, it uh it started from me going to these different like educational classes and this ongoing you know career development that 
the like different organizations had going on, like the higher education, like the NA, the Re- National Restaurant Association, and like oh god, I'm, uh, like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 the, the National one, Restaurant Association, yeah, them and like the USBG, so the United States Bartenders Guild. Like I was seeing that, you know, there are groups of professionals that are they they have these types of resources available. So let me take advantage of them. Um, and they weren't cheap or they weren't, it wasn't free, but it was an it was investment that you had to make. Mm-hmm. And I would do that and I'm going to these places and I'm literally like the only woman of color. And then if it is another one, I'm like, Hey girl, where you from? <laughs> like, where, oh, where do you bartend? I'm gonna come and visit you, right. you know, just because we wanted to support one another. Cause you don't see it all the time. Um, and from there, uh, I met a woman named Ariel Neal and, you know, we just will have like after the meeting, after the, uh, you know, the classes or the meetings, you know, we'll share notes and share information and just say like, hey, you know, like, let's keep in touch or whatever. You go into the next thing. When's the next thing? You know, keep me posting on what you got going on. And um, we just started building like kind of like a a, a network of women, black right. well, women of color in the industry. And one day we just said, hey. Um, I have some information that I want to share. Let's do it on a bigger platform. Let's get everybody together. And it was actually um, Black Friday of 2016. So November 26th of 2016. Coming up on your two-year anniversary. I am coming up on my anniversary. I just uh, sent out like a like an invite and was like, hey, let's do like potluck style. Just bring bring a little something and like let's chat. Um, I was doing some research into the Black Mixologist Club that was originated in D.C., um, I wanted to give some of that information to, like, the people who I, like, come across and my colleagues. So we just all got together, and it ended up being 12 women, uh, women there, including myself. Um, and we just talked about, like, our experience in the industry. Like, you know, why do you think that there isn't a lot of us, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think that it has something to do with, like, you know, the trauma that um, African Americans have experienced here and, you know, Let's, like, identify the contributions that, you know, slavery had on building the hospitality industry. Oh, don't even get me started. Um, (laughs) You know, and for that to be a fact that there aren't a lot of people operating on these higher levels when... Jack Daniels. Girl. So that's an interesting story, too. I did a... a, Okay. Uh Um, just Just understanding how, you know, these were some of the first jobs that we were able to have of dignity, you Mm -hmm. know, coming out of, you know, our situation or coming out of slavery and going into freedom and how people were able to purchase their freedom. So I look at this like profession, very like, uh, noble and honorable, you know? Um, and so like, that's why I try to represent it in such a, you know, with such and like be, like I said, women have always, women have always been in the background of the stories still. And so like bringing that to the forefront and kind of like, you know, like leading off the benches, essentially what I'm trying to do with everything and pass, pass around knowledge instead of just holding it close to my chest. Right. Um, because that's something that has like been going on for years in, in the industry, like Latin torship, because people feel like it's only one person at the top and it was really, everybody else got to get and back. Every, everybody else got to get back because like, going back to tokenism but it's just a it's just a messed up structure it's a structure but it's an effective one that's used to keep that spread of knowledge and to Mm -hmm. keep that that unity because if i have two people beefing you know 
people now feel like they have to choose sides. And then it's like, well, I ain't going to this restaurant because my girl here and I'm not supporting this other chick. And it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of bullshit because it's like, no, we can support one. Yeah. The trick or the lies that there's not enough money to go around. There is infinite enough money to infinite. go around. We print it. We can make them more. Not only that, like that paper don't mean trash. Gold is fine. Like as long as there's the gold to back it, Mm -hmm. then we all can get this money. And so that's what I love in the sense of like, like you said, having that mentorship and then also having the willingness to share. Yeah. Because that also means that you have a self-awareness and a confidence in the fact that what's for you is yours. Mm -hmm. I think that's also what's tied into it. Sometimes in the quest or in our eagerness, like we finally figured out what we want to do, but it's like that insecurity is like, but I need to make sure that I, I am able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it might seem like you just popped up overnight, but you've been doing this since you was tucking away people's, you know, raggedy ass <laughs> Canadian gooses in closets. <laughs> like, so to say yeah. something that like, Oh, let me just wake up one morning and do this. You have been putting in work. Yeah. So I love the fact that when, or it's funny to me whenever somebody's just like, oh, you just popped up on the scene. No, I really haven't. It's no. just you ain't been there for the yeah, struggle. You ain't seen it. So, right. You <laughs> I'm know? not new to this. I'm true to this. And also, <laughs> another thing, I don't look like the struggle I've been through. Okay. okay? These cheekbones are sitting thanks to my grandma. <laughs> this lead out is late. <laughs> I'm just like, and I'm not about to be sitting here complaining about the process of the journey yeah I mean, i'm not gonna complain about the reward and and at the end of the day i think that that's the problem with these with our generation and with the next generation coming up under us mm-hmm. <clears throat> they don't understand you know they think that everything is an image and it's like what it looks like and it's like no i'm not where's the work you got you got to put in work where like you you feel like you got to be the youngest to do it, but you don't have, like, all of that comes with experience. You have to expense things. You have to allow yourself to make mistakes, but also learn from your mistakes. You know, like, when you keep... And build upon Yeah. Them. Like, build on... you. We're not built yet. Like, people are, like, just kind of, like you said, like, microwaving and, like, mm-hmm. like uh, Mr. Potato Head and this stuff together and just, you know, kind of, like, making it work and, like, that's you know, all good, but where's the sustainability in that? Like I said, and I know Thanksgiving is coming, so here's that reference. I'm like, if you want to be easy, Mac, that's you, but I want to be six-layer cheese. <laughs> Save my nice corner piece because I've earned it. I like to be crispy around the right, edges. Okay. Like, let me be a if little I crispy. spicy, maybe yeah, throw a little, throw, you throw know, a little paprika, jalapeno. a little cayenne pepper in there. Right, Bam. throw a little, a layer of jalapeno, then a layer of sharp, okay. then a layer oh, of Kobe. See, I want I like to be that. that. Okay, so I'm like, mm. you can keep this instant pot, instant mac bullshit mm. over here. But even yeah. when you said this whole social yeah, media they want potters. We bakers. We gotta huh. get baked. Okay. I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie. I need a, a cephalon hey, set. Stove tops. Like I'm, I'm cast oven, iron. I'm not done yet. <laughs> right? Put me in the oven. I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a two layer process. You have to over the stove and under. <laughs> like you can't do it all at once. But. Oh. That, that to me, is the beautiful part of, like, even watching you and what you've been doing. So I looked up, and I saw you in a bomb dress. I was like, ooh, that'd be cute on a beach. I'm like, don't wait for that competition. I'm like, it looks cute. I loved it. But apparently, you were not in one competition. You were simultaneously in two. So I need to know, what are these competitions? Mm -hmm. Um, What are you going to wear when you win? And, like, where? Right? 
So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm in the newest competition that um, I just found out I was a finalist for, and we're doing some promo for now is the um, Old Forester um, Old Fashioned Face Off. So, that sounds like we've been drinking they, since the they Civil be War. <laughs> like, old Fashioned Face Off. Right. I was like, oh, we this some barrel <laughs> shit. Like, you can't find this in Benny's. Right? No. Mm-mm. They, they might have it there. Okay, cool. Got you. <laughs> but you can't find this cocktail there. So okay. um, I made up a cocktail called the DIY Dandelion. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm using their bottled and bond um, bourbon whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a dandelion syrup. So basically, I just brewed some dandelion root tea um, and then turned the liquid, added sugar to the liquid to make it into a syrup. Um, and then it has some like very like um, kind of notes to it. It balances everything out when I use the uh, apple, the uh, apricot brandy. And Benedictine. So Benedictine is a liqueur like that has like a whole bunch of different herbs and spices and, and botanicals. Really popular, like I think the Victorian. Yeah, area? I mean it's still like yeah. I mean, there's it's, a lot it's of a co- base. Now yeah, it's a base a now for drink. a lot. Yeah, for sure for a lot of cocktails. But um, it was made by monks. So oh, like the it was Benedict- like, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a definitely a very old spirit. Um, I want I, I don't want to misquote, but I'm pretty sure it's French. Um, uh-huh. and basically it was like the the recipe is like super old, but it has all of these like savory but sweet notes because it's a core. It's like a liqueur, so they mm-hmm. add sugar to it. So. Since it's an old fashioned, I'm pulling like the sweetness from the Benedictine. I'm pulling the bitterness from the dandelion, and it all kind of like tells this story. Um, I talk. I have like the apricot brandy in, in there too. That's like creating like a stone fruit kind of like floral like essence. So you know, yeah. I, I hopefully I, it will be it will be delicious to everyone else. Like I'm going off of my palate, but right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and then I'm using some peach bitters in there too. Uh-huh. Um, so. I had like my inspiration, if I can just tell you yeah. behind it, was really, you know, kind of talking about, um, you know, like dandelions and how like basically it's a it, it's, it's a root. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like when we're kids, we're like, oh, that little pretty white flower or the pretty yellow flower. But lo and, ho- lo and behold, it's a it's a weed mm-hmm. and it grows anywhere. And so I kind of just use that like resilience that, you know. You can't beat me. You can't, like, tear me down. No matter how many times you pull me out, like, I'm able to flourish anywhere on any type of circumstance. No matter what is around me, I'm going to grow. And I'm going to fly. After I'm, after I'm done growing, I'm going to go ahead and spread these seeds out and, and, just, and just flourish and just continue everywhere. And my essence will be everywhere. So that's why I would say, like, the DIY, like, I'm working on me, DIY, dandelion. And that's kind of how I love that that concept. And that's something that it clearly is tied back into your own, you know, your own testament and story. Like the reason I was even smiling when you said dandelions, I'm like, those were the only really flowers other than like the wild lilac tree that was on my block. And then in my backyard, my neighbor had a beautiful row of peony bushes. Mm. But the thing is like dance and all those vacant that, that was the only thing. That was the only flower. No bullshit. Like, yeah. And my mom like had a vicious against them every year because mm-hmm. like they met through off her parrot tulips and my daffodil, you know, and her yeah. roaches. But you are absolutely right. 
the resiliency. And I, I just look at it from a perspective of like beauty isn't even things that you may not necessarily find beautiful. It's relative to where it is. Yeah. You put a dandelion next to, you know, 12 long stem roses. People are going to look at the roses. You put a dandelion in a field of them and like mm-hmm. just a green line. It actually is beautiful. They are. I always thought that they were beautiful. I like, thought they were cute. So for, let me tell you a little funny story. I go to, um, I'm in New York and I needed to take a picture of my cocktail for, to submit it. And I'm like, I'm running all over the place. Cause I'm like, it's the concrete jungle. So I'm like, <laughs> Where can I find like a dandelion? Cause I just need it just for the picture. I don't need to like put it in the. I'm not putting it in a cocktail, so it's fine. So I go to the flower store, and I'm like, I'm like, do you guys have dandelions? And he was like, it's a weed. I said, right, 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 right. Do you have some? <laughs> he talking about it's a weed. And I'm like, so that's Is that a, a no? no. So I'm like, so that's a no. And like he like basically like ignored me, and I'm just like, okay, but like. I thought about it like, you know send what? Send him a cocktail the- when you win. <laughs> so like, send him a cocktail. This but, is why I was asking. Dick. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm talking about, no, we don't we don't cultivate those. Okay, fine. You're right. I need to go pick them myself. Well, but, tell me what train I can exactly. take to the Bronx or the and That's how I felt when he told me. He was talking about, yeah, uh, that's a weed. Okay, so that's a no then. You don't have those. You don't have those for me? Right. Okay. But, <laughs> and then it's like to be this, it's so rude because I'm like dandelion root tea is actually really good and healthy for you. It is. So it is. Like, it's really healthy. That's not, you know, shit on dandelion. So, yeah, like how do you know I didn't want to, you know, like dry my own roots or something right. or whatever. But, yeah, you know, yeah, but you, it is what it is. But like you find that a lot. True, like, but that's, I don't know what I'm talking about. I but know. that's why I love the the story of like how you have this base because it's like you can totally market that and make people. It's unique, you know. Mm-hmm. Someone can just pull for oh, well, I use this. I'm like, no, you can really make that about you and how oh, yeah. the representation for sure. So what's the other competition? So the other name? competition is so it was it it passed. So it was a, I guess it was a. Um, it was a Chicago bartender competition, so they, they we had to fill out an application. I got picked to do it. It was, I want to say it was six or eight because I was focused on me, so I didn't see what the competition was. But I think it was like six or eight other bartenders from restaurants throughout the city or um, just bartenders from wherever. And we had to basically present a cocktail and get a voter's choice. So... I did this cocktail called um, Take Take Flight, Ooh. and it was a aviation gin, um, kind of like Gimlet inspired. So it instead of oh, so a Gimlet is just literally like Collins, but with I mean uh, it's with soda. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up my cocktails. So, so it, it it was a Collins, a gin Collins that I used instead I was like, of I know Tom Collins. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay. basically like a Tom Collins. Okay. Explain it to just yeah. So Tom Collins is just gin, sugar, lemon juice, um, and soda water, basically in like a Collins or highball glass. So that's why they call it the Collins. Okay. Um, because you had to try it, but gin. May I? I've heard this. I need to try good gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind you've been drinking. Swill, but okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I switched some things out and kind of made it my own. Um, I use yuzu juice and Mm -hmm. lemon juice. So yuzu is like this very floral, like lemon that comes from like Asia, right? uh, Specifically, like Japan. It's it's very they cultivate it there. Um, but it has like these little beautiful floral essence, like very soft notes. And then you need some acidity, true acidity from the lemon juice. So I did like a 
three to one base. Um, then I made a, a sh- my sugar that I chose to use was coconut palm sugar. That and is- I infused it with lemongrass. Ooh. Yeah. So like just bringing back into that like floral essence with that lemon balm, kind of like all of those type of like bright, fresh flavors. Um, and then the coconut palm sugar is like really earthy and like brings you back home or whatever the case is. So I like I use all of those components and then I topped it with mint soda. So there's like this mint honey demisex soda. So it's just like a kind of dry in between um soda mm-hmm. and then it has like that bubbly fresh effervescence so i top it with that and then it just makes every it just brings everything together and makes it explode um i added a little togarashi spice on a little lemon Girl, you are using words i'm like clearly we have got to go to better establishment <laughs> like i'm trying to paint the picture for y'all like there and then you add the little togarashi spice it's like a five asian five spice Huh? Did you ever see the movie Radish? Yeah. Remember when he's like describing the food and it's like the music playing? Yeah. I'm like, that's literally what it sounds like. Okay, good. I'm like, ooh. It's supposed to be like music to your ears. Like, follow me on this journey. Take flight with me. But yeah, so that cocktail ended up winning me a spot in the three bartender challenge. Woo! Yes. So after we did all of that, um, we had to make five cocktails using gin, vodka, whiskey, and tequila, whiskey, rum, and tequila. So it was five cocktails. So you had to make one cocktail for the judges that was, like, really beautiful and, like, perfect. And then you had to make five of each cocktail, like, little samples, all in 30 minutes, live, <laughs> like, on the spot. So you were able to bring um, three secret ingredients. So I used my coconut, my lemongrass, coconut, palm sugar. And then I used um, a cranberry ginger beer. Oh. And um, I used, what was my other? Oh, and nutmeg. So those were my three ingredients, my secret ingredients. Um, But it was really cool. So, like, the challenge, I ended up winning the challenge. So now I'm, like, the Chicago finalist. So now it's, like, a regional thing that they're going to do. Um, I haven't gotten all the details on it. That's so I'm like, no, that is fine. Yeah. When you do get them, let me know. I will. I'm I will. Like, but yeah, I'm excited about the competitions. Uh, you can vote for my DIY dandelion on um, the old fashioned face off website. If you follow me on Instagram, what's your IG? My Instagram is Lex Luga, L-E-X-L-U-G-A. Thank you. Yeah, Stanley. and it's in my bio. If you click it, it's daily voting. So, like, you can click it every day. Just vote for my cocktail. And then the competition is December 6th at the Chicago History Museum. Yes. 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 Ooh, Northern so Clyburn. Yep. Okay. So, I'm we're going to be giving out samples of the cocktail. That'll be the actual, like, tasting component of the competition. So, okay. like, when tickets go on sale or when I get more information about when the tickets yes, are, I will me. definitely that tell you. So Please, fun. I would love to have you all come because I've been, I like, I tried to like theme it all together and put everything together. But now I got to find a new dandelion outfit because I, I posted me all oh, up girl. in it. <laughs> you can get that together. Okay. So I'm like, you can do like. A nice, beautiful, like, green and mixed with the yellow, like, mm-hmm, the salmon, and, mm-hmm. like, you throw a little... So, if I wear the jacket, but with some, I'm, I'm mix yes, it up, mix it up. that's going to be so dope. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I really am. I got... Yeah. yeah. I'm always cooking. It's always something, like, going on, and I'm very thankful for it, because I don't, I don't ever take it for granted, but my life moves so fast. 
Girl. Like everything happens so fast. It's 2019. Like, <laughs> let's just, you are preaching to the choir. But, yeah. and that's the thing, like, when it comes down to it, as long as you are staying focused and keeping that sort of drive, um, you definitely will be rewarded. Yeah. Um, all the support to you for thank your you, competitions. You. I definitely will be voting. Yeah. Uh, I definitely plan also on being there for the finale. I love the Chicago History Museum. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, Everyone, be sure to follow this young lady on Instagram. Uh, also, make sure that you're doing things in life so that you can afford to go to the restaurants. <laughs> that she, the nice restaurants. Right, that she's bartending. Because clearly, this is not Benihana's. Okay? <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you love. for having me. I, I like I, my first podcast experience. Yay. I loved it. Yeah. Yay. See, <laughs> that's a good impression to make. So for all you other podcasters, don't be messy. Don't be. Alrighty, so my motivational message this week is brought to you by Trash TV. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it is, though, brought to you by something that I see repeatedly happening on one of my favorite shows. So I'm going to let you all in on a little secret. I'm addicted to Married with Medicine. I love watching those middle-class petty aunties um, just go at it. It's hilarious because I think it reminds me of my family, and I'm just like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, go pack a lunch for y'all kids and go do, like, a pap smear. Like, no one has time for this type of pettiness, but I, I just enjoy it. There's two characters, if you all have never seen the show, that have been going at it since the beginning of time. That's Mariah Huck and Dr. Heavenly. Um, and Dr. Heavenly, you know, she's been on this spiritual journey. She's all about, you know, I'm trying to be better. But for whatever reason, she can't stand Mariah. Mariah can't stand her. And of course, it's just some pettiness that don't even make no difference. But here we are. Are you probably sitting there going, girl, how the fuck is this motivational? Getting to that really soon. Um, there was a couple of episodes back where Mariah, you know, continues to want Heavenly to have accountability for being really disrespectful when they argue. And so this also dates them. But something that really is a bee in Mariah's bonnet is how Heavenly's always going, your mama, your mama, your mama. Now, to us, it sounds funny. I come from a generation where you got in a fight and you either, you know, shot somebody or you know, you did some petty, like, slept with their favorite cousin. Just, you know, regular hood trifling shenanigans. But with this generation, that is something that it's a sore spot. And clearly, even though Mariah time and time again has asked Heavenly not to go there, not to bring up family when it comes to their arguments, Heavenly does it continuously. So much so that the cast finally just looked at Mariah and was like, girl, she does it because she knows it bothers you so much. And that is the point. People, when they are not happy with themselves, when they want you to hurt as much as they are hurting, when they are, you know, trying to find a way to just rip your armor off and get to your soft spot, they will intentionally go above and beyond the normal realms of arguing above the normal realms of hearsay or gossiping because they want you on their level. And time and time again, Mariah, this grown-ass woman with a girl daughter and high girl daughter, Laura, with a daughter in high school, meets Heavenly on that battleground. Who has time for this? 
So who is it in your life that is that one test against where you want to be in your journey? Who is that one thing or that one person, or maybe it's multiple factors playing into it, that every time you try and take five steps forward, you boomerang 20 steps back? The accountability comes with you being able to control yourself. You cannot control what some trashy-ass person has to say about you. What you can control is your reaction to it. Are you removing yourself from that situation? Are you not doing business with that person who doesn't respect your time or your money or your investment? Are you still in that relationship or that situationship with a nigga that ain't claimed you since Clinton was coming out of presidency? Whatever it is, figure it out. Have the strength and fortitude to remove it. And go with God, because it's not going to be something that is bettering you. And I can tell you this, as someone who has personally at times let someone get me on that level when I knew I should have walked away, the regret of allowing them to get to me is worse than the temporary satisfaction of cursing them out just as hard as they were doing the same to me. Go with love and light, everybody. Have a great week today, um, starting on this Monday. And I will catch you later on Joy Has Questions.